A Rangers win over the Hurricanes in Game 7 in Carolina that can only be summed up in one word. Knockinity! No kidinity. <laughs> also, Avalanche Oilers, uh, McKinnon and McDavid, and the most sought-after information of the day, SEC coaches meeting, the seating chart. Oh, look at this. Seating Let's go. Chart. What are they at? Seating chart. Start football season now. Doing the impossible. Winning a road game. The New York Rangers, as if they were propelled by... Nakananati? Nakananati? Jumping out early, never letting up, and Shesterkin, the near-flawless game. So back-to-back game seven wins for him. And, of course, New York. Tim, around the horn to you, what did the Rangers prove last night? They showed that no quinity and a hot young goaltender and a hot power play can win you a lot of games. Remember, this is a team that started out against Pittsburgh, gave up 20 goals yeah. <laughs> in the first four games. They were down 3-1. to one. That series was over. They had, to make, they had to make a comeback in each of the last three games against Pittsburgh. Then against Carolina, they tightened things down. Shesterkin was great. They only gave up, Carolina, they only gave up three goals to Carolina one time, game five. So the goaltending and the defense – did the trick, and like we said, the power play early last night, put it away. Hey, hey, uh, Donde, what did the Rangers prove? Well, I think we learned that the key to beating Carolina is to turn it into Madison Square Garden South if you're going to win in yeah, Carolina. Yeah. It sounded yeah, like yeah. half of New York City was down there after every goal that the Rangers scored, and they had a lot of them. There were let's go Rangers chance. So the, the home ice advantage really didn't exist for the Hurricanes. That was one thing. But, of course, it really gets down to the goaltending, as it always does in the NHL playoffs. Igor Shosturkin, even though they were outshot in this game, they're outshot by 53 shots through the entirety of the series. It didn't matter when your goaltender's playing that well. Justin Tinsley. The Carolina obviously did themselves no favors. They couldn't convert on power plays, and New York absolutely did. So the math is pretty simple on that. But the play that defined the game for me, Tony, it happened in the first quarter. Seth Jarvis was injured, and he he couldn't get off the he couldn't get off the ice before the sixth skater uh, got on the got on the ice. He got absolutely trucked by Jacob Truba. Like that that was a moment like okay, this is this is the moment they're not leaving this house without a without a W. So like that that was the moment that defined the game for me. But of course. Yes, Shesterkin, he played beautifully. He, he played great in the Game 7 when they absolutely needed him. And now, uh, now they're getting ready to take on Tampa, the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's 3-0-0 with a 9.58 win percentage against mm. them. You've got to at least give mm. him a shot in the next round because of that. Not a save percentage, of course. But listen, Tinsley hitting the stats for the preview of a series. Well, wait, hold on one second. Once more from Sedano now on how the Hurricanes couldn't close it out at home after winning every game at home this postseason. Well, it shows that the Rangers have been overlooked in a way, Tony. They've won five straight elimination games. You've got Kreider doing stuff with 60 goals combined between the regular season and playoffs that haven't been done since Adam Graves was skating at Madison Square Garden. And, oh, yeah, shocker that the Vesna Trophy winner has been really awesome in the playoffs with Shesterkin. I don't think any of that should be a big surprise. And in the next series, they should be taken seriously because they're 3-0 against Tampa Bay. They beat them twice (laughs) in regulation and once in a shootout. Yeah, so you guys are putting a lot of stock in that, Kalashaw. Just a taste, a mini preview to the preview, Lightning Rangers. Mm. Well, I, I think uh, Sedano's right about winning five elimination games. That kind of frees you up mm. once you've done that. They can face Tampa Bay. Oddly enough, 
doesn't seem like they should. They have the home ice advantage. The, the, the series starts in New York. Nobody thinks the Rangers are better than the Lightning. I think the Lightning will win, but Shosturkin gives them a great chance to beat the Russian goalie that he really admires, Andre Vasilevsky. Well, the way the luck has been for the Rangers, maybe <laughs> Vasilevsky will get injured in the middle of a game, and then next thing you move on. Never count Never. out naquidity. We'll move on. <laughs> Oilers Avalanche preview. Game one tonight. Enormous names, of course. Superstars in this series. McDavid. Drysaddle. McKinnon. McCarr. McKinnon said he doesn't care. Hopes it raises players' escrow, but he's not really thinking about McDavid a whole lot. That's how you preview a series, Nate McKinnon. Justin, do you downplay the stars like McKinnon just did, or do you upplay the McDavid-McKinnon matchup? I'm upplaying this, and I know that's not a word, but it's an A-T-H word. Yeah. I'm upplaying this. Look, I get it. You don't want to rile up the other team, but if I'm the NHL, miss me with that noise. I'm marketing <laughs> the hell out of this. There are four overall number one picks in this series. Like, I know we just we, we just finished talking about the East and how the goalie play could decide that. And th- in the West Finals, this could be all about offense. You know, McDavid has 10 multi-point games and 12 outings this season. These two teams, they account for half of the hat tricks here. This could be an offensive explosion. So if you're the NHL, you absolutely get behind this and you push the hell out of this. Or to Dono. So, Tony, fans say they want honesty, but really they love humility. And that goes to show you based across sports at who the guys they consider, quote, unquote, loudmouths and how their uh, Q rating is compared to the stars who are more humble. Now, I think they're doing the right thing. It's our job. ESPN, TNT, all our shows to play this thing up. Because if you look at what Connor McDavid has been doing, 26 points in the playoffs. Now, Dreisaitl also has 26 points. But you're talking about being in the names with Messier and Gretzky through 12 games. When you talk about that, it's our job to play this up, not not McDavid and not McKinnon. McKinnon doesn't want to play it up, Tim Kalashaw. Is that the right play here? Oh, you've got to play it up. I mean, look, the, the, the NHL compared to the NBA or the NFL – the NHL has a hard time spotlighting its superstars. Sometimes you don't see a lot of them. They don't do much some games. They get shut down. This should not be that series. Both these teams averaging four goals or more, a little over four goals in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, the, the winning goaltender will have better stats, but this series won't be about goaltending. It'll just be the guy who gave up 23 <laughs> instead of 26 in five uh, games. Don, He'll be the winner. McKinnon is smart because, you know what, tactically, forget, forget about the hype, but tactically you can't just focus on Connor McDavid. You have to look at the juggernaut that is the line that he's anchoring. As George said, Drysaddle's matched him with 26 points. And guess what? Evander Kane, their third line mate, is third or fifth, I'm sorry, in playoff scoring with 15 points. And guess what? He's leading the playoffs in goals scored with 12. That entire line has been a juggernaut. So it's not just about McDavid as great and stellar as he's been. But Colorado's offense may even be better than that when you, when you take in the depth of it all. Tim Kalashaw, number one thing to watch for tonight in game one. Uh, just if Edmonton can get there and, and get the early, the early victory in Colorado, I think those games in Edmonton, needless to say, their crowd is going to be going crazy, uh, and that's going to be a tough place for Colorado to win. So they need to, they need to steal one of these first two. Mm-hmm. We'll move on. NBA Finals preview to the preview. Let's go. Most important player in this series. You can view that as an MVP pick. Or an X-Factor whose importance is going to portend something in the series? Go ahead, George Sedano. I know you're locked in more than anybody. Who's your MIP? Tony, 
Steph Curry is going to be the pick in the sense of everyone is watching him. He doesn't have an MVP, and I think that that's something. Look, I would have voted for him in 2015, but I think that's something that people look at and say, can Steph show out in a way where he can finally get that NBA Finals MVP? But if I'm picking a most important player, it's actually Klay Thompson. It's been pretty underrated that Klay Thompson is going for 20 points per game and 40% from three in the playoffs, and I still don't know if Klay Thompson is yet the Clay Thompson we've always come to grow and love. I got a chance to talk to him after that Game 5 win and that clincher in San Francisco, and he was unbelievably emotional in that situation because he spent 941 days trying to figure out if he could play basketball again. So I think that if he can score, where Scorey will be at a premium in this series with two top five defensive teams, I think he puts them over the top. It was a great job reporting there, George Sedano. Um, Justin Tinsley will turn to you. Most important. Important player. Not maybe about the MVP, but the most important yeah. player going in. Yeah, most important player is the guy that's going to be guarding Steph Curry. That's Marcus Smart. Look, this Boston offense, they look so much more in sync uh, with Marcus Smart running the show. But look, we all, we all know the deal here. He's going to have to have the series of his life on defense. Uh, look, guarding Steph in the finals is totally different than guarding Steph in the regular season. But I will say this. The numbers show that when Marcus Smart is the primary defender on Steph Curry, Steph Curry's shooting 29%. And that Warriors offensive rating is at 85. That is incredible. So if he can play good defense on Steph, he's given the unexperienced Boston Celtics a shot against the way more experienced Golden State Warriors. So the defensive player of the year in the NBA, this is his chance right here. Says this Tindley. is his moment. Adan, a most important player. It's Jason Tatum. Think about it. So far, he's been asked to, at the very least, match Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then a star performance by Jimmy Butler in the conference finals. And he's been up to the task every time. Even though he might have been outperformed overall statistically by Giannis and by Butler, but when it mattered most, Tatum was there for his team. In the three games in which they faced elimination, a combined plus 43 in those three games, also shot better than 50% from three-pointer in the three elimination games. Important defensively as well, Jason Tatum, if the Celtics win, and even if they're going to make it a close series, it'll be because of Jason Tatum. And now to Tim Kalisha, most important player. I've got one more Celtic to take that I think could be huge, and that's Jalen Brown. And the reason is he has nights where he's scoring, and you're like, Jason Brown, Jalen Brown, I'm sorry, is the best player on the floor. And then he has nights where he's not guarding anybody, and he's missing those threes, and he's taking poor shots. And if it, the amount of minutes that happens – is where Clay Thompson, uh, Sedano's pick, becomes the most important player. He cannot have those lapses, and he has to be better than you expect on the defensive end. From their mouths to your picks. I saw Steph Curry was even money, I guess, for the NBA Finals MVP, George, to get to kind of what you were saying before. I'll give you the last word here, Georgie. Tony, it's an unbelievably difficult question you asked. You noticed we all had different answers. I would even go as far as to say that it could be Draymond Green, right, who has to deal with guarding Jason Tatum, also guarding Al Horford, even Robert Williams. They haven't been the same, the Celtics, when he's been All right, you can't answer everybody. I mean, that's the question. This brilliant question we came up with was brilliant because you had one pick. You just gave us three. We'll be back by ourselves on the other side. Around the Horn is brought to you by Realtors. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. I was blessed to play this game to make... The money I made, the accomplishments I made in eight years is like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm complete. I'm, I'm like, if I can win another one, that's great. But if not, I'm at peace. You're I'm at peace. peace. I'm at peace. Aaron Donald to Brandon Marshall on the I Am Athlete pod. So, George to Donald. How do you hear Donald there that he would be at peace, peace ending his career here? And is it responsible? Should the Rams sign him long term? I believe he's at peace, but I believe the Rams should not be at peace, Tony. And you know what? If it takes having to make him the highest paid player on defense again above T.J. Watt, then so be it because he's the most disruptive force on defense in the league. Callis Shaw. You know, the Rams are the one team that play year to year. They, they went all in last year. They went Bobby Wagner uh, for this season. Yes, do whatever you can to extend him to make sure you keep him a couple more years and get another one. Jay, do you hear somebody who's thinking about retirement? Remember, that report came out Super Bowl morning. Or do you hear somebody who's trying to play for, you know, a maximum deal? Yeah, here's someone who's using the only leverage he has, which would be to not play. You have to also factor in the fact Pro Football Talk reported he could lose up to $13 million in signing bonuses that he might have to give back to the Rams if he doesn't play from this year. That might motivate him to sign a new deal. Justin Tinsley. <laughs> yeah, I'm buying everything he said. If he retired today, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer Wednesday morning. So I, I, I truly agree with him on that. And basically what he's saying is I want to keep playing, but run me my money. Aaron Donald, as currently constructed right now, Aaron Donald is the 102nd highest paid player in football. That is criminal. Aaron Donald, 102nd highest paid player. That's criminal. Yeah, you said the only leverage he has not to play. How did this even get to leverage? He just made the single biggest play in the single biggest game in the, in the franchise. He's the great. I mean, Kobe Bryant got the thank you for your career deal. At the end of his career, Donald is still playing at the highest level right now. We'll move on. Yeah, but Tony, the NFL cap is more punitive. That's a good point. Fire sell two. SCC spring meetings today, all right? The question was, will there be blood? Look how close. <laughs> 
Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban were the seating chart. I love that people looked up the seating chart. That was Pat Smith Radio that posted it. Um, Jimbo Fisher, by the way, was flanked by SEC officials, but a mere four souls from Saban. So the conference was debating a nine-game schedule in conference this year and debating an SEC playoff that could be a field of six or eight. Again, an SEC playoff, SEC-only teams before the playoff of the NCAA teams. Tim Kalishaw, you also heard Nick Saban today say he wasn't calling out anybody specifically. No, Saban wasn't doing that. Tim, what do you buy when you sell? Didn't say a did anything wrong. Just said they bought their entire recruiting class. Why would people infer from that that that's what, that's what he meant? Come on. Uh, no, actually, in a tribute to Woody Page, the important thing they're doing is talking about the schedule, and they have to figure it out. They got Texas and Oklahoma coming in a couple of years. They got 16 teams. They need to play nine games against each other and have a good rotation so you see teams occasionally. Jay Adonde. I'm buying this as the start of the SEC just resting control and, and having full autonomy. Forget the NCAA. They can have their own playoff tournament. Would anyone really dispute the SEC champion from a tournament as being the national championship? SEC teams have won five of the eight national championships since we've been in this format. Two of the last five have been all SEC finals. So they might as well just run the whole thing. So talk me through this then. They have an eight-team playoff where Alabama draws Missouri, or I mean, what are we talking about here? And that get George, you're shaking your head. No, please go ahead. That's not necessary in your mind. Tony, this is silly. This is them just pushing their way through because there's no concrete plan for the playoff for 2025. So it's basically everybody else get off your butts, or we're gonna do this as. And it's just a threat. But I think it's just. I don't think it's actual. It's actually. Oh, you real. think I don't it's think just. Actually do it. It's just hot air. You just think it's a bluster. threat. You think it's bluster. Yeah. Well. What's stopping them, Justin? If they say we want to do this, wouldn't somebody say, here's the money, please? First and foremost, I want to get to that. But the fact that we're having so much talk around a seating arrangement right now, this is why people get eloped. This is exactly why people get eloped, man. Come on now. Like, look, they're going to have a tournament. They're going to have a tournament at some point. This is the SEC. If it's a dollar to be made, the SEC will make 10. But as of right now, just let me know when that A&M Bama game is. That's the most important thing to me right now. One more topic here. Buy or sell three. French Open. Djokovic, Nadal going on right now. The most played match in men's tennis history, maybe for the last time. How they wound up on the same side of the draw. And playing at night, by the way, because Nadal requested a day match, but they've gone to night matches in recent years, and, and this is now being played. <laughs> but 9 o'clock Paris time was the start. J.A., what to buy, what to sell? It's to sell them not listening to the greatest champion Roland Garros has ever seen, Rafael Nadal, and honoring his wishes. Uh, also, selling this as, as, as epic as it could be because Nadal just went five sets in his last match. You wonder how much he has left. Justin Tinsley. Uh, yeah, I'm buying the fact that Nadal wants to do something during the day. If one of my friends calls and tells me we're going to the club at 1030, no, I'll see you tomorrow. But if you got a day move for me, I'm right there. I'm all about the day move. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so call Tinsley for brunch, not for uh, the late night affair. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, Tony. Yes. George, uh, really, does the doll get to call his shot here? Tony, he should. Uh, look, and I come as an unbiased observer, obviously, as you see uh, my shirt. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I, I do believe that's the case. And also, I'm selling the seating. I understand that this particular season or this particular year, they haven't necessarily lived up to expectations for one reason or another or haven't played enough tournaments. But this is not a quarterfinal match. I feel disappointed this is where we're getting it. Tim Calvishaw. 
There are things you can argue about, but the fact we get to see him for a 59th time, it's not great if you're in Paris, maybe, and you're Justin Tinsley and you got to stay up till one in the morning to watch it. But it's on in the <laughs> afternoon and in this country. We should we should celebrate that fact. These matches, they haven't had as many books written about them as the Dahl Federer, but they've been epic four-hour clashes all across the world. Saldano, I appreciate your love for Nadal. Now that I see it, next Halloween, we can get the hair and the piece. But you'd have to wear a sleeveless shirt. One arm, the left arm, has to be super jacked. You have to be, you know, pumping during the commercial break and the other one. There you go. All right. Thank you, Georgie. Thank you, Timmy. Showdown next, Jay Ayadande and Justin Tinsley. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greatest streak in baseball. Unveiling the gold chair, honoring uh, those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. Castellanos rips one to deep left field. It is gone! I say again. The greatest streak in baseball. Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak has nothing on Nick Castellanos homering during an inopportune, opportune moment. So, here's the question, Jay. Should broadcasters stop reading memorials, obits, DUI, and slur apologies during Castellano at-bats, or should they do it more? Tony, not only should they continue to do it, they should lean into it. You got a master Brenneman call when he inevitably does go deep, and you have to say, and there's a drive in the deep left field by Castellanos, and it'll be a home run. Yeah, I, I, look, this is anybody but Castellanos' fault. Blame the pitcher for giving him a, a batting pra- practice pitch. Blame, blame the announcer for doing this. Blame the producer for doing this. this I blame nobody. But- I think it's a, the best streak. It's better. Than the 56-game hitting streak. It's just uncanny. Castellanos has a particular set of skills that makes him a nightmare for people like us. We'll move on. Showdown two. Amazing catches last night on the diamond. Eli White's to rob G-Man Choi of a home run. Or Tyrone Taylor to rob a fan of a souvenir. Justin, the better catch? Oh, you definitely got to go with the fence. Uh, robbing him of a home run. That's an actual run. Yes, robbing the fan of a ball, that's cool. But this is actually stop, stopping the team from scoring. Okay, yeah. I don't care about the game implications, Justin. I care about the style points, and going over the wall is more impressive than going into the wall. So it's white by virtue of going over that wall. I want you over that wall, J.A. 30 seconds. Easy. (laughs) I want to congratulate Coco Goff on reaching the semifinals of the French Open at age 18. But that 18 almost seems like a misnomer. We've really watched her growing up from the youngster that we first saw and first took notice of at Wimbledon as 14, 15 years old. But now she's really matured. She's really leaned into just issues of racial justice. And in this post-match interview, she was really confident talking about how you need to love yourself and be confident regardless of the outcome of your match. Thanks for that, J.A. 23 and a half hour break. We'll see you tomorrow.